you, God. I thank you this morning, Lord God, Lord. Thank you, Almighty God, Lord. Lord, for the midnight experiences, Lord, that you brought your people through, God. You said weeping would endure for night, God, but you said joy would come in the morning, God. I thank you, God, for morning, Almighty God. Oh, help us, Lord God, to hold on, God. Help us, Lord, to trust you, Lord God. You said for us to lean not to own understanding, but in all our ways, God, acknowledge you, Lord. You said you would direct our path, God. God, direct our every footsteps this day, God, according to your word. Let no sin overrule us, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, I thank you this morning. Thank you for the body of Christ this morning, Lord. Thank you for the blood, God. Thank you for the blood, Lord, this morning. I plead the blood over the service this morning, God. I plead the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Satan, the blood is against you. Lord, I cancel every demonic spirit from the assignment against this service, God. In the name of Jesus, Almighty God. And God, I thank you for the victory this morning. Thank you for the victory, Lord. You said you always cause us to triumph in your God. You said that we were more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, Lord God. You are the hope of glory, Father God. I thank you this morning, Lord God. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise this morning, Lord. I thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Lord God, Lord, this morning that you trust worthy, Lord. You're reliable. You're dependable, Almighty God. I thank you for it, Almighty God. Lord, we love you this morning, Lord. We love you, Almighty God, because you first loved us, Lord. I thank you for it, Almighty God. I give you glory this morning, God. I give you honor, Lord God. I give you praise this morning, Lord. I praise you, Almighty God. Have your way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Come on and praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning to everybody. Good morning to everybody. Good morning to everybody. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us. And if you are streaming this morning, we ask that you go ahead and click that like button, that subscribe button, and share it. Can we lift up the name of Jesus this morning? Can we lift him up loud? We know that he's worthy to be praised. Clap your hands, all you people like this. Come on. We want to lift him high and release his glory in this place. Name of Jesus, lifted high, lifted high, lifted high. The name of Jesus, lifted high. The name of Jesus. We lift you high. We lift you high. The name of Jesus. In this place. The name of Jesus. We glorify. We bless your name. Praise, 
Sons and daughters shall be saved, shall be saved, shall be saved. Sons and daughters shall be saved in this place. Sons and daughters shall be saved. We declare that it shall be saved. Come on, say in this place. Sons and daughters.
somebody get the words out amen and just invite your friends your loved ones to come and worship with us we're going to have church at 8 a.m. and at 10 a.m. all minds clear we have a lot of special thing going on that day our music department, they have completed a project uh, called Virtual Choir. And so it's going to be on display that day. We're going to launch the project here before we release it to the community. They have been working hard on it and the project is now completed, so I'm excited about that. Uh, amen. Your church, our church, will be the first choir in this community, black or white, to do a project like that. So you're a trailblazer, and we thank God for leading this church in that direction. And thanks to all of our musicians and choir members. Come on, give them a hand. We appreciate all of you for what you have done. And that is what it's all about. Also, please let me remind you that we are in collaborating with our state government to get everyone fascinated. It is very, very important that we keep people healthy it is very important that we stop all this untimely death. 
So March the 19th, right here in this church, and we're going to have the whole campus turned over to our state government. Um, the National Guard will be here, and many of you have volunteered your time. Those of you who are working with seniors, having fun, uh, let's get all of our seniors out. But now we are, we thank God the governor has lowered the age. Just about everybody can get. I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to have our state representative here with us, Honorable Ed Lavender. We welcome you, sir. Uh, if you don't mind, you, you know this more than I do, please come and explain to our people what's going on. I want everybody in this church and in the community to be fascinated. And we collaborate with our state leaders and thank God for this brother in the Lord. He's, he's a good friend and a leader here. Welcome. Thank you, Pastor. To this great membership, uh, to the leadership, I want to thank you all for welcoming uh, this COVID testing site. We've got to stay healthy. We've got to. If we want to go back to normalcy, we've got to do it. This is a part, like the pastor said, this is your, your health ministry. You've got the resources. You've got a huge medical team here. We're going to be here. The National Guard will be, taking, uh, will be taking over your campus. We'll have state police and Pineville police. We're going to have about 500 doses of, uh, we're going to do it Pfizer. So we're encouraging people to sign up, go on, online, and also we have paper application. Most people are doing just online. Everybody doesn't have a computer. So I'm working with Ms. Cofield and your staff. I want to thank you all for opening up your doors. This is the first one we've done in African-American church. Please get vaccinated. These numbers are horrible. I lost my dad because of COVID, and that's tough. I wish he could have taken the vaccination. The governor has opened up opportunities. The president has opened up opportunities. Take the vaccination. If you don't take it here, take it somewhere. So I want to encourage you all, please get the vaccination. If we want to go back to normalcy, we have to do it in a healthy response. So. The governor was here several months ago. He sat in these chairs. He said he's going to make a difference. He's bringing it to the African-American community. Take the vaccine. It's healthy. It's safe. Pastor, I want to thank you all for opening up the doors. Uh, I will be here on Friday morning. Please come. If you're not going to get vaccinated, we want you off the campus. We want to get people in. My ladies, if you're going to have the vaccination, wear something comfortable. We're going to be giving shots. It's going to be quick. Wear something comfortable. We want to give you the shot. We'll let you sit for 20 minutes, make sure there's no allergic reaction, and we roll it. And tell your family and friends, we still have some spots available. Get the shot. If you want to get back to normalcy, we have to be healthy. This has been a living, this has been rough on everybody. I want to go back to regular church and regular life. So I want to thank the pastor for allowing me to speak. Thank you, pastor. Thank you for the church. Come on, help me thank God for Honorable Lavadan. What a blessing. And let me go on record to say he is personally leading this project. He has been to this church office several times, trying to organize with us, trying to make sure everything is lined up. 
He came to my office at Louisiana College. He came down here at the church. He and I went to see the National Guard. I mean, he's hands-on, and we are grateful. We need leaders that we can see among us. Amen. And thanks to all of our volunteers here and our nurse ministry. Several of our nurses will be giving short along with the National Guard. We want our people to see their own people. And so there's nothing fake, nothing funny about this. This is about health. This is about life. We want everybody to stay alive. We want the church to be full all over the neighborhood. We want people to go back to school. So it's a good thing. Thanks to our transportation ministry, they are available to pick up people that have no right. Then people have been registering already. If you go on the computer, it's easy to register. If you don't know how to use computer, you can just stop by the church office. We have our church staff will fill the form for you. So you can walk in. You can do online. I mean, either way you want to do it. We just want everybody fascinated. And also help us spread the word. And please take note, uh, it's not limited to just Sion Hill members. So don't drag your feet on this. First come, first serve. Uh, the last time I asked one of our staff, to, uh, Pastor Cofield, to check the computer, over 200 people already has registered. We only have 500 <laughs> shirts, you know. So don't drag just because in your house, that don't mean it's limited to members here. Anybody in the neighborhood can come. So please, let's take advantage of that. Amen. Uh, we are so glad to have uh, one of our candidates here, Miss Candy Christoph. Uh, we are so honored to have you in the house. I want you all to get to know this woman of God. Amen. Uh, Sister Candy Christoph is running for the fifth congressional seat. And that covers our area here. So it's very, very important. Everybody go out, get to know her. Um, I, I knew she was very active when I was working for the state with mental health. She was helping people with all kinds of problems. People who are coming out of jail, people who have, I mean, that's what you need. And let me tell you folks, you know, this is not about one party or the other. One day you're going to get it, that you fought for your own people. Don't, don't get lost. I'm Democrat, I'm Republican. <laughs> I'm trying to help this community. So he's one of us. You better, you better take advantage of this opportunity. If you don't, you pay it. That's just the way it is. Get to know her, ask her questions. Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything connected with her. Don't get paid for doing this, but I'm about doing what is right. All right? Her name is Candy Christa. You got it all, minds clear? Amen. Thank you for being here, ma'am. We love you. We wish you the 
very best of love. Let's all stand. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how your Bible, please remember, if you are a guest today, you are visiting for the first time, after church, there is a guest center in the lobby, please stop by, let our staff know that you are a guest, and we have a gift for you, every one of our first time guests, we love to bless you for being here today, right in the lobby, we have the guest center. Also, every one of you that wants to attend church uh, through what we call live streaming or you want to attend through the Zoom, we're going to do a project this coming Sunday. So I encourage you go to the church website, zionhill.com, and register yourself that you're going to be in family and friends day, but you're going to be attending it virtually. So we'll be able to see everyone attending on these walls. This, this church is high-tech driven. 
You'll be able to talk to us. We'll be able to talk to you. As I'm talking to you now, we are following in Africa, in Europe. In fact, one of our biggest following now is developing in India. So we want everybody to be able to network. We can wave at you. You can wave at us. We can smile at you. It's about fellowship. So if you're not going to be physically present inside the building, go to our website and register yourself, and then they will email you the link. That's why you register. They will email you the Zoom link so that you can zoom in. We can turn all this building into, into a real-life drama for the glory of God. I'm excited. All right? First Samuel chapter 11, verse number 9. Just one verse. If you find it, please say amen. 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 9. The Bible says, And they said unto the messengers that came, Thus shall you say unto the men of Jabez Gilead, Tomorrow, by the time the sun be hot, ye shall have what? Help. And the messengers came and showed it to the men of Jabez Gilead, and they were very glad. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone present here. I thank you for all of our friends live streaming locally, nationally, internationally. We are grateful for the big forum that you have created for us here in Zion Hill. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Use my tongue to be a blessing to somebody. Lord, I pray that you will help our hearing, help our understanding. I pray that you will touch us in a very special way today. Glorify yourself in this house. The choir just sing, sing your glory. We receive it by faith. Now I step back that you may step up. This is your show. This is your church. These are your people. Touch us in a very special way. Heal our bodies. Answer every question. And we believe that we receive by faith today. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, Hold On, Help is on the Way. Hold On, Help is on the Way. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. But the good Lord just sent me to tell somebody, hold on, help is on the way. Somebody here may be asking the question, how long do I have to deal with my problem? How much more do I have to endure? 
Somebody may be asking the question, will I ever get my life back? Brother Pastor, will I ever get my job back? I trained for this. I worked so hard for this. I went to school for it. Is there any hope for tomorrow? Will I ever get my family back? I've infested a lot of years in this relationship. I know we all dressed up today and we all look good. Everybody's smelling good. Externally, we look good. But internally, many are struggling. People get situations and circumstances at home. People get situations that they're dealing with on their job. People get circumstances and conditions that are not so pretty in their relationship. But I hear the Lord say, tell my people, hold on. Help is on the way. The Bible is full of people like you and me who at one point or the other in their life, they needed help from God. And they got it. In fact, the Holy Spirit, Jesus called him a helper. He said, it's very important I go away. So that our helper may come. God specializes in helping his children. The Bible is full of examples of people who receive help from God. You remember the story of Hagar. A homegirl working for Sarah. He was, she was kicked out. And she found herself in the middle of the desert with a baby. Baby is hungry, no food. She cried out for help. And God helped her. You remember the story of Peter. Peter was walking on water. But at some point, he started to sink. He cried out. And God helped him. You remember the story of the, the centurion. He said, my child is, is dying. Lord, I need help. And God helped him. You remember the story of the widow. Her husband died, left her in death. Her child was about to be taken out as slaves. She cried out for help. And heavens heard her cry. She got help. You know why I'm telling you all these examples? You need to know it's okay to ask for help from God. One of the tragedies in the body of Christ, that some of you think you don't need help. 
You think you are invisible. You think you are untouchable. Now you got a, a college degree. Now you got a, a little job. You have a house and a dog and a cat. And you think you're all that. You ever seen folks like that? You meet them in the parking lot. They won't even talk to you. They're full of themselves. You meet folks right here in the lobby. How you doing, sister? I'm fine. Stay away from my business. <laughs> oh, goodness. The good news, ladies and gentlemen, is that all of us, we are very close to our victory. We are very close to our miracle. According to the word of God, we are very close to our deliverance. And this is why God sent me to tell somebody, hold on. Help is on the way. The passage I just read to your hearing today is very deep. I want to encourage you to go home and read 1 Samuel chapter 10 and chapter 11 to get a very broad picture of what's going on. The best way to understand the scripture, whenever a preacher reads to you, pay attention to who said what was read to you. And find out on what occasion, what's going on there, and why is that scripture, why is that statement in the word of God, then you would have appreciated what God is trying to tell you. In this particular passage, just by way of background, you need to remember how the nation of Israel become a nation. It started out with God calling one man. The whole country started started with one person. God called Abraham. You remember the story. God said to Abraham, I need you. And I want you to live where you are. Go to a place where I'm going to show you. And if you would do what I'm saying, in other words, if you will accept my invitation, he said, I will make you father of many nations. God promised Abraham seven different blessings. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those. I mean, you remember all that. Then if you follow the story of this man, eventually Abraham had a son, Isaac. Now we're talking generations now. So the baton was passed to Isaac. Then Isaac had a son named Jacob. And then you keep on following the story. Jacob had 12 sons. You probably have heard the, the term 12 tribes of Israel. Each of those sons were the head of each tribe. And then you will remember how all these 12 
tribes, all these 12 sons and their people moved to Africa. Joseph, one of the children, was sold as slave to Africa. And then eventually, Joseph become, became a prime minister and invited all of his people. They traveled to Africa in a chariot. The Bible is not complicated. I tell people all the time. You can literally follow the story. They lived in Africa, in Egypt, for 430 years. They were enslaved there. One day I'm going to preach about slavery so that you know the root of it, where it all started and how it gets here and how many people are still enslaved even though they are free. One day they cried out to God. And God heard their cry. They cried out to God for help. And God raised up Moses to deliver them. Am I still in the book? God led them out of Africa through Moses. And then God led them into the promised land through Joshua. It's a lesson there. God always used people. God can use you. I never will forget when I came here to this community. God is my witness. I had a meeting with my wife. And we had few children back then. And I told them, I said, look, we're going to lie low in this community. We're not even going to let nobody know we're anything special. We're just going to join a church, go to church, hear the word of God, do our job, come home. All minds clear. That's all what we agreed to. But God has something different. One day, a sister by the name Georgia Humphrey. She's in the church as I'm speaking to you. We just happened to be working for the state together. And she came to me. She said, I heard you're a preacher. I said, here we go again. <laughs> we had no plan to preach to anybody. We had no plan to pastor any church. We were just going to chill. That sister said, we are having a program in my church, and we need a speaker, and I found out you a preacher. Will you please come and speak to us? And that's how it started. And 25 years later, I'm still here. I tell you all of that to say, God can use you. You may have some other plans, but if you would let go and let God, God will use you. God led the people of Israel out of Egypt through Moses and led them into their promised land through Joshua. When they arrived 
at the promised land. Guess what happened? They had to contend with all kinds of enemies. They have to deal with the Canaanites. They have to deal with the Jebusites. They have to deal with the Hittites, Amorites, all kinds of ice. Why am I telling you that? So in your life, when you have to deal with some problems, don't think it's so odd. Don't think heaven is against you. Welcome to life. But if God be for you, tell me who can be against you. God was their king. God was their president. God was their governor. God was their leader. Nobody could mess with them. They are what we call theocracy. That's their style of government. In fact, they were the first theocracy in the whole world. A nation under God. I know you all use that phrase here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll leave that alone. Israel was a nation truly under God. Ladies and gentlemen, but after they settled down, they began to look at other nations. And they began to form a little funny ideas. So one day, they said to Moses, they said, we want to be like other nations. We don't want God to lead us no more. We look at that country, they got their own president. We look at this country, they got their own prime minister. We look at this one, they got their own king. When it comes to us, people ask, uh, who is your president? Who is your king? Who is your prime minister? And we have to tell them, God. And then when they say, okay, where does he live? We, Where is the White House? And then we have to tell them where he's in the middle of the air somewhere. So they said, nah, we're not feeling that no more. We need our own king. And you remember, because for the sake of time, that, that hurt Moses. It hurt God. But God said, because that's what you want, I'll let you have it. That's a whole sermon by itself. Be careful what you want. After you got it, you may find out you never need it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, so a gentleman by the name Saul was appointed as their king. God helped them to find Mr. Mr. Saul. And the preacher, and that's another sermon by itself. I don't know how any politician can make it without a man of God in their life, without a woman of God in their life. Nobody become a king by themselves. There are kingmakers. Hallelujah. 
One of these days, I will help this country. God is enlarging my platform. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the preacher that anointed the king. It was the preacher who crowned the king. It was the preacher who presented him to the people. Where are you going? You cannot do anything without God. There's another lesson there, ladies and gentlemen. Part of the problem with many Christians, you try to go out with nobody presenting you. Even Jesus did not preach to anybody until John the Baptist, the preacher, pointed to him. He said, that's the man. It is so important that you do things in order. Ladies and gentlemen, after Saul was anointed, one thing I love about Saul, the Bible says he was such a humble man. He didn't have a big head. He went back to Gibor, where he came from, went back to farming. In fact, he had a lot of critics. I'm trying to help those of you in position. Listen to me. A lot of people say, how can this man save us in time of trouble? They didn't believe in him. If you ever be a leader worth anything, you know what it is to be called everything but a child of God. Here you are, you put your life on the line to make the world better. But there's always some chatterer. They'll find something to talk about. They'll talk about your, your family. They'll talk about your children. They'll talk about how you dress. They'll talk about your bald head. But Saul went back to farming, minding his own business. Then something happened. By the way, before I tell you what's happened, you need to know if God puts you in a position, God will validate you. I'm trying to have some, hey, don't turn me up. I'm sent here to bless you. If God gives you a vision, he'll make provision for you. You don't have to kiss up to nobody. You don't have to join any clique. If God appoints you, God will vindicate you. I just want to encourage somebody. He had no clue how he's going to survive. He had no clue how he's going to be a good king. But God had his back. Ladies and gentlemen, Right after he was appointed king, here comes a gentleman by the name Nash. Take note of that name. Nash is not from Israel. He's a part of another 
kingdom called the Amorites. This Nash is what in our day we will call a player hater. Nash figured out. He said, wait a minute. These folks just had a king. But before he had time to form a government, before he had time to form an army, let's go and attack Israel. This is good time. So Nash came up with his own army, the Amorites, and they surrounded a big city. It's like you pick a big city like Houston, Texas, like New York, like New Orleans. So they surrounded that city called Gabes Gilead. Why did he do that? Because he knew the nation of Israel is vulnerable. They just had a new king. He had no government, no cabinet formed yet, no military formed yet. They cannot defend themselves. So while they were gathered and surrounded this big city of Jabez Gilead, the people of Jabez Gilead, they saw them, they said, oh my God, there is no way we can survive. So guess what they did? They decided we cannot fight these player haters. They're too many for us. The best thing for us is to surrender without a fight. There's a lesson there. Listen, church. It doesn't matter how big the problem you're facing. Never, never give up without a fight. Are you listening to me? Too many Christians, you give up too quick. I don't care what the devil sent against you. I don't care what the devil saying against your family, against your marriage. I don't care what the devil saying against your career. Don't give up without a fight. Just because you're a Christian don't mean you're a pushover. Are you listening to me? Follow me as I follow Christ. Nobody Mess with your pastor. Sometimes you may have to fight for your life. Sometimes you may have to fight for your family. Sometimes you may have to fight for what you believe. Never, never give up without a fight. Are you still here? So if you're here today and the devil is trying to steal your health, don't give up without a fight. Right there in your hospital bed. I don't care how bad the report is. The MOR don't look good. SOR, any other. But don't give up without a fight. If the devil is messing with your finance, don't give up without a fight. If the devil is messing with your job, don't give up without a fight. If the devil is messing with your marriage, do not give up without a fight. 
I know people have girls out there on the corner selling their body. But don't give up on your children. I know people have sons out there pushing drugs. Never, never give up without a fight. You tell that old devil, I refuse to surrender. It was a huge mistake for this city of Gebez Gilead to say, we won't fight. We're just going to surrender. You know why? Because when you give an inch to the enemy, it'll take a yard. You got to fight. You got to fight. Young man, you're looking for a good woman. Find your woman that can fight. Not just pretty, fight. That's what we call Amazon woman. <laughs> yes, sir. I got one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm trying to have some. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, Jabez Gilead, the whole city, they went to the Amorites and their leader, Nash, and said, we're not going to fight. We're just going to surrender. You won't believe what they heard. Nash, the player headed, the commander of the other army, said, well, I'm glad you all know you're no match to us, but I'm not going to sign no treaty with you all. I'm not going to accept your offer to surrender unless every man in your region is lined up and we gorge out their right eye. I told you if you give an inch, they'll take a yard. He said, you line up all the men. You know why he did that? Oh, I wish I had time to pray. Because the Bible is so profound. Because the Bible said, God said to Israel, every year, every man in Israel must present himself before God three times a year. And the enemy know that. So he want to embarrass them. He want to disgrace them. That the next time they show up before their God, they will show up with one eye. That's why I say you got to learn to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Nash said, if you all will do that, then I will withdraw the military and we'll go home. So the people of Jabez Gilead said to Nash, okay, we got the message. Please give us seven days to go and think about this, to go and discuss it with all of our elders, and we'll come back and let you know our decision, whether we have to fight or whether we're just going to line up all of our men and gorge out their right hand. If I had time as a theologian, I would have spent time on that request for seven days. Because the number seven 
means something. I went to one revival, and that's all I preached about for a whole week. The number seven. And man, that city would never be the same again. For the sake of time, that was the background to the passage I just read to you. Because remember, Saul had been appointed king. Saul is back on the farm. So when Saul came back in the evening from farming, he found all the people in the city crying. So he asked them, what's, what's up? What's going on here? Why is everybody crying? Why is everybody weeping? And they told him the story. Now, this is what happened thereafter. The Bible said the Spirit of God came upon Saul. Now it's going to be a showdown now. When you sing that song, every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart. You see? Don't just sing. In your getting, get understanding. Sometimes the preachers don't preach this right. Because you've been taught all your life that when the spirit come upon you, you shout or you dance. No, the Bible says when the spirit came upon Saul, he got angry. See, they never teach you that. The spirit of God, sometimes there are some things that you are not to put up with. You ought to get angry. When you notice how the devil is making prostitutes out of our daughters. There's no time to be shaking your booty. That's a time to get angry. You ought to get angry when you see how the devil is turning our cities into a war zone. People shooting at each other. Blood, killing blood. That's nothing to shout about. If you really, hey, don't turn me up. If you really have the spirit, that spirit ought to make you angry. We've got to do something about this. And our whole city is, is turning to a drug zone. Every week you're hearing about believers dying before their time. Every time you pass by the graveyard, you see a tent. Somebody else is getting buried. That's not something to smile about. If the spirit of God is upon you, it ought to cause you to be angry at the devil. We ought to be so angry, we ought to tell that old devil, I ain't taking it no more. When Saul heard about what is going on, the spirit of God came upon him, he got angry. This is what Paul, Saul did. For the sake of time. He took an oxen. An oxen is an animal. And killed that oxen. And he cut it into pieces. And then he sent the meat. To every tribe. 
with a message. He said to all of Israel, if I don't see you here tomorrow, ready to fight, this is what I will do to every one of your oxen. I'll, cut, I'll kill all your oxen. That's a true leader. I'm sick and tired of CC leaders. Leaders that have no belly, no, no, no fortitude to lead the people. Meetings after meetings, nothing. Saul said, no, this is it. You see what happens to this oxen? That's what will happen to every oxen. He is basically telling them, I will shut down your livelihood. That's a true leader. Guess what happened the next day? 300,000 men show up. He formed a military squad within 24 hours. True leaders get results. It's not about what they say. It's about what they do. 30,000 showed up from Judah alone. So now he had 330,000 men ready to fight. That's when, now we got to the verse I just read you. So now that he see that he have an army now to fight the player haters. So he sent message to the people in Jabez Gilead. He said, hold on. Help is on the way. He said, tomorrow, by noontime, we will take care of your enemies. Hallelujah. You miss a good place to shout. You miss a good place to shout. I stop by to tell somebody, I don't know what the enemy is threatening you about. I don't know if he's messing with your health. I don't know if he's messing with your mind. I don't know if the devil is messing with your children. I don't know if the devil is messing with your job. I don't know if the devil is messing with your health or your finance. I hear the Lord say, hold on. Help is on the way. You don't have to jump off the bridge. You don't have to commit suicide. Are you listening to me? You don't have to lose your cool. You don't have to walk out. Hold on. Help is on the way. Now you see why the Bible says weeping may endure for the night. But it's going to come a morning time. It's a joy will come in the morning. Don't give up. I know you think nobody cares. I know you think nobody is paying attention to what you're going through. Maybe that's why the Lord sent me this morning. The whole community is listening to this on radio. Hundreds and thousands of people live streaming. 
This will be on television. A message. This may be prophetic to somebody. That if you will hold on, help is on the way. And you need to stop looking for help in the east. Stop looking for help in the west. Stop looking for help in the north. Stop looking for help in the south. You're going to people asking them to help you, and they're just as messed up. That's why David said, I will look to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help don't come from nobody. My help come from God. Hallelujah. I'm trying to help somebody. Hallelujah. Do you know where your help come from? I said, do you know where your help come from? Let me end up this message by telling you how important this is for me. See, year after year, I will go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. My mental ministry is Kenneth Hagen. You all know my story. So I will go there for what we call camp, summer camp meeting and winter Bible conference. So winter Bible conference is sometimes in February. By the way, I enjoy going there because I will check into a hotel and then, of course, I'll get a rental car. Then I'll drive to, to the Rima Church every day to learn. Praise God, one day, you know, when you're driving a rental car, sometimes you don't remember all the colors and all the details. And if you ever go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you go to Rima Campus, the parking lodge is like a city by itself. It's huge. It's so big, they have to label each section. This is zone A, zone B, zone C. I mean, they go through the alphabets. Conte forgot where I parked the car. And keep in mind, this is not a car I drive every day of the week. This was just a rental car. I don't know what got to me. So church over, everybody's out getting their car. I look at self. I say, son of man. <laughs> Where did I park the rental car? I was so messed up. I had the key, so I was pressing the key, hoping that the car will hear me and talk back to me or blow the horn, do something. I was walking from parking lot to parking lot. I hear no, nothing. But the good Lord, I don't know, I, I'm so glad. Thank God for my, for my white brothers. The, the way they, they, they constructed that parking lot, the poles where the lights are, there's a button. And it says, if you need help, Press this button. Sure enough, I went there, I pressed it, and a voice came on. And said, hold on. <laughs> Help is on the way. Ah! 
I thought I'd won a lottery. Because I told, I say, I parked in this parking lot. I have no clue where my car is. And they say, stay right where you are. Hold on, right where you coming from, just stay right there. I say, do you know where I am? I say, I know where you are. Just hold on. That's the message of God today. God knows. I wish I could get somebody to see what I see. God knows exactly where you are right now. Your neighbor may not know what you're going through. Your spouse may not understand what you're dealing with. Oh, thank God for God. He knows what you're going through. And God sent me to tell you, stay right there. Stay put. Don't run. Don't give up. Hold on. Help is on the way. Your healing is on the way. Your miracle is on the way. Your deliverance is on the way. Your breakthrough is on the way. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. But if you will hold on. Help is on the way. I'm going to invite the choir to come back. I'm going to ask every one of you to stand if you can. Maybe you're here today and you need prayer. I don't need to know what you're going through. I'm not God. In fact, many times when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to my own self. Ain't no shame in my game. There is a God who loves you enough, who died for you, who is ready to give you a bailout. Maybe you are home live streaming. You live streaming from another country. There's a number under the screen dial that number. There are ministers of the gospel sitting by the phone waiting to pray with you. Waiting to rejoice with you. To hold hand with you. Because the word of God is sure. If you will hold on, help is on the way. Come on, give the Lord God a clap offering. Come on, come on, praise him. Praise him for help. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is a very present help in time of trouble. Lord, I thank you for this experience. Thank you for the healing that is taking place right now. Lord, I thank you the problems have been solved. Miracles, signs and wonder is taking place. Heal somebody. Touch somebody right now. Deliver somebody. We cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. By faith, we decree and declare all is well. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
the splendor of a king, mm, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. And how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all oh, will see how great, how great is our God. Everybody help me say how great. Everybody say, name above all names. And Father, you were the of all praise. And my heart will sing. How great you are. Is our God. Everybody lift it loud. Say, how great. No. 
Surely help me is on the 